Perfect. everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Reaction Therapy Podcast. I'm your resident psychotherapist, Tom Stevens. This is Nick Stevens, producer, engineer, director, all those great things, the man who runs the show. And boy, do we have a special topic for you today. It is one near and dear to my heart. I say it all the time. Nick gets tired of hearing it. All the it. time. <laughs> but what is it called, Nick? Well, look at our shirts. Balance keeps me stable. We got to do an episode on that. What in the world does that actually mean? Well, y'all, today we are going to break it down and explain it piece by piece. Yep, that's right. This is going to be an exciting show. There's a lot to cover. And, you know, now you can know why Tom says balance keeps, keeps me stable all the time. Yeah. Not like he doesn't know because he's around me all the time. Yeah, and I say it all the time to clients at my office, to people in my house, to myself. But it is a really truthful statement. There's a lot behind it, and you're going to learn about it yeah. today. It's really cool because, you know, when you think of balance keeps you stable, it's kind of a double, double meaning because, like, if you balance, you know, balancing, like if you're walking on a tightrope and you're balancing, you're going to stay stable. But also with balance in your life, you become more stable in your life. So One it's of a the really cool few meaning. little quotes or sayings yeah. I thought of that I'm proud of myself for because I don't think of many. But one of them that I thought of, I thought, you know what? This is pretty dang clever. Balance. When you're balanced, you're stable. And when you're balanced in life, it keeps you stable mentally. So here we go. We're going to yeah. dive into it today. Yeah. Can't before wait. Well, I'm going to say before we dive into it, let's just talk about something light for a second. So it's the middle of summer. It's hot where we are. I don't know how hot it is. Drop in the comments how hot it is where you are located in Texas. It is in the hundreds. And it's really hot. So how's your summer been so far? Other day than after day. It's hot. It's dry. We have our sprinkler in our yard going every day. And the yard is yeah. still turning brown. Everywhere around here is brown because we really are in a drought, honestly, yeah. at this point. But I'm still happy. It's yeah. summer. There's time off. But you know what's the coolest thing I'm, I'm most happy about is that yeah. this podcast has been going and going and going. And Nick, we are this much closer to getting our artist interviews out there That's and released right. to the public. It's like it's like an artist that has a new song, you know, and they're dropping their new song on this certain date and they're pumped about it. The song is done. The song is ready and they, they just want to get it out. But there's a certain date they have to wait for. We're in yeah. that boat, like getting them, getting everything edited, getting the interviews done and getting the episodes complete so yep. we can put them out to the public. And man, it's so close. I can taste it. That's so close. And by the time where we release this there might have already been one or two we'll see though i but, can't wait yeah, I, it's, it's, gonna be it is, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun for us to get a chance and for you to be able to hear who these people are that we react to that's true and what their life is like and what their story is and what how they create their music and what message they want to send to the world beyond just hearing their music so it's gonna be fun yeah you know one of my favorite things about the summertime honestly a lot of artists release music in the summer they yeah. like kind of take that time everybody's off everybody's going to be um listening to music over the summer on the beach or wherever so I, I look forward to that a lot of a lot of artists drop songs and albums in the summer so that's that means more content for us to react to so I'm and we for haven't that. had a whole lot of opportunity to do this like jump on a new oh, song no. reaction yeah. we really haven't we've we've had a, a few i think but 
I'm kind of excited to get some new music that we yeah. can like. Let's get out and do this. A little, yeah. little sad that NF hasn't released I know, something that's new. Really depressing. I would love to see that. But it seems like everybody else is kind of trickling things out. My summer is going great. There is a lot of travel that's been involved. There's a lot of work that's been involved. But you know, we're all home. We could kind of relax a little bit more. The heat is tough. But hey, we have reaction therapy to come home to. I get to be able to react to more videos, and you put crazy good songs out there for me to yeah, I do my best react and, to. Yeah, and the other day I was at the office working on reaction therapy stuff, and I actually stayed until Tom did at the office. <laughs> it's crazy. I never thought I would be up there until Tom comes home. <laughs> it just proves that we are working hard for y'all and just for yeah. the people in general. Yeah, and we, we put our heart and soul into this work, and really so I, let's do that. Let's dive into this. Okay. Well, I'm ready. Here we go. Intro, intro kind of topic of today here we go so our intro topic of the day something that happened recently is with tom hanks and tom hanks recently there's a video that's kind of viral out there where he went off on some reporter not really reporters he went off on the on people paparazzi. in the crowd and paparazzi yeah. uh the crowd the uh Sorry, the reporters were going nuts. They're like, sorry, Tom, sorry about that. And like, they didn't do their job. It was a pretty crazy video. One of the members of the paparazzi, I guess, ran into Tom Hanks' wife. And Tom Hanks did not like that very much. So what do you think about all that? And I heard he dropped an F-bomb. Yeah, he did drop an F-bomb, kind of a Will Smith kind of thing. But No, it's starting to become a trend here. And, you know, I didn't read a whole lot into this. Like, I saw the clip. Yeah. And... There's a couple of thoughts I had on that. Number one, you know, they get hounded all the time. And these photographers, you know, they get paid to get these pictures of every of all the celebrities. Yeah. And, you know, they are doing their job. And it's a shame that there aren't more regulations about what they can or cannot do. Seriously, like I, as much as somebody's a celebrity or an athlete or somebody that's famous, I do think there needs to be limits sometimes of how close they get to them. Like there should be some kind of bubble around them where, you know, they can't get to their car. They can't get to the restaurant or they can't get up and down off a curb. Like sometimes you can't even see the ground around you. I've never known what that feels like to have people on top of me like that. But I do also think on the celebrity side, as frustrated as they are, uh, these are people, I'm being completely honest here, when you get to the level of Tom Hanks, these are people who really can hire security teams yeah. that can clear space around them. Like, there's plenty of of entertainers who have lots of money, who have security teams that make sure there's a perimeter around them. There's a lot of entertainers, though, that they just kind of do it on their own and they want to just be on their own, and that's fine. So if I was him with the money he has and the life he has, I would just make sure I have a couple of security guards there to pave the way ahead of me so that I'm safe. And, you know, the F-bomb thing, I get it. Like, I'm not going to fault him for it, but really, we don't need to, like, go at people like that. I mean, you can scream at somebody without doing it, but you know Tom. Like, I'm going to tell you, there's no need to, like, go at somebody like that. Uh, I think what they need to do is just, if they're in danger like that, get out of there. Go inside a door somewhere, of the yeah. restaurant or wherever they're close to, and get away. But I don't think he needs to. It just shows a different light on these people I look up to I so much. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not even sure. I mean, you can't really tell by the video if the person who ran into Tommy's wife even meant to do it. I mean, yeah. there's a chance that. He didn't even mean to do anything. And then, I mean, there's no reason to get all worked up about it. Now, if the person tries to, like, 
you know, beat up his wife. That's another story. That's (laughs) something more much more serious. Yeah. If he's doing that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, But I don't, I think it was something that was an accident. And like, I understand Will Smith's thing, even though I don't agree with what he did. I understand because you're actively calling out somebody, but in this case, it wasn't even like a purposeful thing most likely. And so they were very apologetic about it. They said they're sorry. So to me, there's no reason to act out. It kind of just, shows and like that's another thing with like celebrities that like people look up to celebrities and when you look up to somebody and you see them do something like this it's kind of like dang that's the person i look up to that one is either going to make you think it's okay to do that because you're somebody who looks up to does it it's kind of like if your dad goes out and you know cusses all the time and you know treats women poorly like that you're gonna think that's okay but with celebrities like with Tom Hanks doing this, it just makes him look bad. And mm-hmm. I don't think he should have used the language he yeah. did and reacted the way he did. But that's well, just and also take. if y'all who know me as semi wholesome, if you got a video of me at a restaurant or somewhere doing yeah. that to a waiter or doing that yeah. to another person dropping an F bomb, I think you'd be like, wow, maybe Tom's not the guy that he yeah. shows on camera. So with Tom Hanks, I just think, and Will Smith, I, I don't understand it. Like, I think yeah. that was just crazy. I think he's crazy. I think he needs help for it. Not yeah. not that he's crazy forever, but yeah. I think there's something going on in his life that pushed him over the edge. And that just one thing was a joke that was part of comedy. It's part of entertainment. It's yeah. what they do every time they do those shows mm-hmm. that he just lost it. And it was uncalled for and it was illegal. And I think that something should have happened with it. There was more than that. But this whole thing, I think, was was... Something that Tom Hanks probably wished he could do differently. Although he's so old at this point, he's been so far down the road, he probably doesn't care anymore. It's like, whatever. He's done everything. He's one of the greatest ever. So it doesn't taint my image of like him as a performer. It's just him as a person. It's hard to see those entertainers lose it like that and then hear a message from them about trying to be kind and respectful and be a good person. That reminds me a whole lot of, well, I know it's meant to be about Tom Hanks, but with Will Smith, how in the song with him and Joyner Lucas, how yeah, Will Smith even right. says, like, he doesn't need to cuss to make music. Well, did it all it, with he, no cuss words. And he he definitely didn't hold true to that when he did that to Chris Rock. But yeah. anyway, it just makes you realize, like, are people really who they say they are, yeah. especially when you get all that fame and all and that And maybe pressure. it was a momentary slip. It could be. Yeah, and we, we slip all the time. Like, it, it happens yeah. to people. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of interesting, especially when you're an entertainer or, or a celebrity, you're going to have cameras on you all the yeah. time. So, like, you really need to watch. But I still think so with like, what those people make, they should have a team oh, of security uh, yeah, around absolutely. them yeah. to protect them. I, I do, too. Yeah. It's worth the, it, worth, the, worth the cost. Worth the cost, yeah. So, anyway, that's a little short little intro topic here. So you ready to get on so ready. to Balance Keeps Me Absolutely. Stable? Absolutely. Answer, what a great show answer your questions be. about what balance means, what balance keeps yes. you stable mean. You're not gonna you're gonna understand now when we when Tom wears shirts and reactions what he means. So let's get into the transition. Woo! Here we go. There it is. Okay. Well, so to start out, I'm just gonna ask Tom, when you say balance keeps you stable balance keeps you stable, I can't even speak. What does that mean? Y'all heard it. You've heard it a lot. Like I say it a lot (laughs) because I believe in this. This is the mantra I believe in. When I say balance keeps me stable, what I mean is in life, the more steady you are, the more mentally and emotionally healthy you will be. It's almost like being in a boat. If anybody's ever been in a boat, 
if you go in a kind of a small boat, a, a little John boat or something that's really tiny and you get out on a lake or a small bay and it kind of rocks back and forth, you can't really stand up in those small boats because they get a little shaky. You're off balance. You can't just sit there and be calm and be steady. You're nervous. You're afraid the boat's going to tip over. And once the boat gets steady and everybody sits down and everything's calm and say you go fishing or something, all of a sudden you feel better. You feel more confident. If you've ever gone on a cruise ship, anybody's ever been on a cruise ship, it's huge, right? It goes through the ocean with ease. You, a, a boat that big, even out in the ocean, we've been on one, you can not hardly feel any movement whatsoever. And when that happens, you have security with that. So what I mean is in life, mentally and emotionally, the more balanced your life is in your routine, in your relationships, in how you handle crises, in the way that you make life choices, when that's more balanced, you will be stable, you'll be secure, you'll be confident, you will be more hopeful, you will be able to handle crises better than if you just wing it. Or for instance, if somebody has a bank account and they have a checkbook that goes with the bank account and they never look at their bank account, they just write checks and they just hope there's money in there. You're never going to go, or debit card. Some people go use a debit card. They don't even know if they have enough money to get the food or the stuff that they want. And that's scarier than knowing what you have. So it's all about being ahead of yourself and predictable. Interesting. When I think of that, it's kind of off topic, but it's kind of on topic. I'm, I mean, we love, we both love sports a lot. I like basketball. And then I always think of when you're in basketball, when you're, when you have the ball and you're about to shoot, you want your feet to be balanced and planted on the floor and not like lopsided. Like you don't want your right foot to be way in front of your left foot. You don't want to be like leaning one way. You want to be balanced. Mm -hmm. So you have a better just arc and anchor to shoot your shot. And so that's kind of what I think of yep. when, when it comes to that. It's the same same message that you'll be more mm -hmm. steady and grounded when you're balanced. So that's what I think of. But leading on to that, you know, we were talking about this earlier a little bit and I was, we were thinking about topics and I'm like, we should do something like with emotions and stuff like that. And I thought of like balance, keeping you stable. It's more about kind of having your, your emotions stay, stay steady and not mm -hmm. like get too, too high or too low. And I'm like, how can we include that? So is that kind yeah. of what you mean? Like with, when you talk about balance, keeping you stable, is it emotions, like keeping it, it even yeah, kill kind of? It's all about steadiness. And it's when life comes at you that you don't let life define you, that you don't let circumstances, situations, yeah. your boss yelling at you, your relationship gets into a fight, uh, financial hit, your car has a breakdown and you've got to repair it with money you don't have. Uh, and those kind of things that are bad things that happen or tough things or frustrating things that happen. Somebody hits your car and it wasn't even your fault. When those things happen, how do you still allow yourself to stay steady? In other words, how can you live life where you're in control instead of life is in control of you? So whenever our life circumstances are in control of us, if we go outside and it rains today and we were going to go play golf, Nick, mm. we would have a bad day if we let very, life control us. Very but bad day. if we allow ourselves to wear our weather on the inside, then we say, well, plan B, let's figure out what else we can do that might be inside. Or maybe we reschedule and find a different day. And that just didn't work out. If there's a fight with somebody, if your boss yells at you at work, how do you allow that situation to be what it is. It's not fun. You don't like it. It's going to be a tough time, but it's not going to allow me to infect the other relationships or when I go home tonight 
or when I talk to somebody or when I go out with friends, I'm not going to let, or I'm not going to go home and just curl up in my room by myself. How do I still move forward somewhat hopeful and confident without letting life take you over? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I see that in a lot of ways with like not letting your emotions take over because mm-hmm. I am a person, you mentioned like if something, like if it's raining when it's, when, when you want to go play golf outside, you obviously can't play golf. It kind of, for me is I am a person who, if I set my mind to it, we're going to do it <laughs> and we're, we're not going to do anything uh-huh. else. Like we're not going to find an alternative to that. We're going to make sure we, we do that. And so for me, it's, that's, that's really hard for me to keep my emotions in check. We were actually, mm-hmm. this is kind of a little inside. We were, we were at home today and I wanted to do this podcast earlier today, but we're like, everybody was home. We wanted to get in the pool and I'm like, I really was planning on doing this right now, but you know, I guess I'll, We'll just we'll just do this other thing because everybody else wants to do it. It's kind of like for me, it's very hard to my emotions in that moment got very overwhelmed, and I'm like, mm, I don't like this, but it's one of those things you have to stay balanced. It's okay. Realize it's not the end of the world, really. In a lot of cases, yep. I don't know. For me, that's what I well, what I thought. <laughs> it's also why I say this is for a later topic when we talk about marriage. But when I mm. say in marriage that you know two of the biggest things there are in marriage from my Tom's opinion our commitment and flexibility. And people always shake their head at me like that. They understand commitment, like you gotta be committed in a marriage, yeah. right? And not wanna just quit, I believe in that. Yeah. But also flexibility, you've gotta be able to not just compromise, I don't really like that word, but you've got to be flexible. And flexible means I've gotta consider other people's feelings and I've gotta consider the situation as a whole, not just what I want or what I even think is best. Because you might have the best answer, but the rest of the people around you may feel differently. So flexibility means it's not always going to be about me. Mm -hmm. And if I feel really passionate about that, I will say it, but I need to be willing to adapt. Don't just let the podcast thing go today. We'll still do it today, but maybe we find a different time because it's easier to reschedule that than something else. So that's where that comes in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like this going to the next little thing here i feel like every time you mention balance keeps me stable on any reaction you do you always go right into that eating sleeping exercise you always like that kind of goes together in that and so talk a little bit more about what, yeah. what you mean by eating sleeping exercise <laughs> it's stuff part like that. of what i love doing a podcast for right because as a mental health professional and this gives me a chance to give information about what i do having done this and been a psychotherapist for 25 years, I can now share things that I share with clients in my office every day with the entire world. And not just in a reaction, Nick, that is a 10 to 15 minute long thing where I have bits of time where I say something and y'all have heard me say, balance keeps me stable and eating, sleeping, exercise, and you hear it real quick, but now I can explain it. So that's what the podcast is great for. That's great. The balancing of those three things, and there could be others, but it's just a Tom thing, right? Those three things to me are key because when these are in balance, your brain, your body, and your kind of self-confidence start to be in balance, you're at peace. So the eating part is when you are eating, it, it doesn't mean people can't eat fast food or people can't eat the things that they want to, it's just balancing it. And I really believe the eating, tell college students this, because you just graduated college. (laughs) When you start eating larger amounts here, no amounts here, small amounts here, and it's really imbalanced. Like for instance, you eat 
a whole bunch of food at night, and then you go all the way the next day and you don't eat till dinner. Then, or you eat a lot of food at night and then you wake up the next morning and you eat a big breakfast and then you go the rest of the day without eating. Or you don't eat at certain times. And I don't mean you can't eat later, you can't eat you know, multiple times a day or, or once or twice a day. I don't think eating once a day is really healthy, honestly. But it means spread it out and balance it. Put your meals together. Eat two or three meals a day. You can eat five different times a day, but those other couple times are snacks, you know, something small. Yeah. But try not to front load it or back load it, eating at all odd hours because your body never gets a chance to rest from the food. So yeah, the eating sure. part is spreading it out throughout the day. And if you're going to eat fast food, try not to piggyback that multiple meals in a row it's hard. or your body will pay the price. It's a hard thing. We both know that. All yeah, uh, We love fast food. And so it's that's a very hard thing for, uh, especially I'll just call myself out. That's hard for me to do, I'll be yeah. honest. But, and it kind of reminds me of like, Eating, my mom always does the thing, oh, eat some fruit with that. If you're going to eat fast food, it's okay, but you need to have some fruit with that or you need to have some greens or vegetables or whatever with that. It's kind of, that's another way to balance it too. Like not to eat the same things, especially fried stuff. It's good to have some fruit and some things made out of the ground, so... Yeah, I made this salad one day for work, you know, that I don't always make a lot of food because I don't think I'm good at preparing food, but I'll make a salad for work. And Jill came out and she's like, wow, that is like all the colors of the rainbow. That looks awesome. It had some watermelon, some cantaloupe, some pineapple, some strawberries, some grapes, some lettuce, some cheese. It had a little bit of everything. But to me, I can eat a salad if it has a little flavor in it. And I don't even actually put salad dressing on it because all the other stuff has the flavor. Yeah. But it's about balancing that. Like, try to eat. If one meal is really heavy, try to eat the next one. Just lighten it up just a little bit. You can still eat everything you want. I just believe it's about measuring the quantities. But I really, without getting into the food stuff, it's about the balance across the day. Yeah. So when people say, how do you do balanced eating? I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't tell you all of that. But I can tell you, try not to eat things where you you are just eating all the time late at night early in the morning best thing i ever had happen to me was was intermittent fasting that's basically where you eat in an eight hour period for me it's like noon to 8 p.m and the rest of the time i don't eat it allows my stomach and body to kind of heal back but that's just a me thing it doesn't have to be everybody yeah so going to the exercise thing that's not going into the gym and pumping iron and, and grinding away, like yeah. running five miles on a treadmill. It's really not. If it's yeah. for you, great. But it's really movement. So when I say exercise, I mean movement. Go out for a walk. Do 30 minutes a day. Do an hour every other day. Something like that. If you can only do a few times a week, go out for a full hour walk. A regular paced walk, it's bilateral stimulation, tapping on both sides of the brain. It gets the stress out. It gets your body pumping, your brain's pumping and moving, oxygen's flowing. So just steady exercise over time. If you can do it daily, great. If you can do it every other day, great. But don't let weeks go by where you're not exercising and moving and getting your body going, especially when you're lethargic. And then lastly, with the sleep, this is, you know, again can be talk about college students, right? But you can, and I could talk to a lot of people with social media now, with phones, with computers, too many people are on all the time. And that is a big problem. So our sleep's disrupted, especially if our phone buzzes or rings at night, or there's an announcement or there's an alert or there's a text or there's something that comes in. We need to get away from it. So your sleep should be steady. And I always say a two hour window, two hour gap, 
that you should go to sleep and a two-hour gap you should wake up. So say it's 11 p.m. to go to bed. Somewhere between 10 and 12, you should go to bed, okay? If your target of waking up at 6 in the morning because, you know, you go to work, well, you may be really good at that, and that's great. But if not, between 5 and 7. Somewhere in those windows, you want to steadily wake up and go to bed, and it will help your body live life more predictably. Yeah, there's a lot that I just thought of when you were saying that. So first, I'll start with the exercise thing. Um, it's kind of, for me, like when we went on vacation, um, barring I injured my foot, but that doesn't matter. Uh, other than that, I tried to work out and it didn't, it's, it's hard to work out on vacation sometimes. And for me, it's like, I was trying to work out consistently. And when you're on vacation, it really is hard to. Yeah. And so it's like that. Then when you get back from vacation, you go back to gym, it's like, wow, um, I feel terrible because yeah. I haven't worked out in a week. So I think that's that balance is important to yeah. even if you don't go every day, like you don't have to go every day. It's actually not good to go every day. Yeah. It's good to let the body rest, like speaking of sleep. But it's important to at least go and do something and just yes. move. Like my mom, another thing she says, it's just just yeah. go out and move. Like you don't have to mm-hmm. run. You don't have to, you know, yeah, you know, get your heart rate super high up. But just to get your heart rate up a little bit. You know, every other day, every day, it's a good thing. And then also with the sleep part, um, I know being being a college graduate now, how hard that is and how hard I've seen it for other people. I mean, I, I thought I slept pretty good. I only got six or seven hours of sleep probably, <laughs> which is pretty good compared to the rest of my friends at college. But yeah. it is really important to kind of have set hours when you wake up. It doesn't have to be perfect or anything, but definitely don't wake up at 6 a.m. one day and then wake up at noon the next. Yeah. Like That's really tough. You know, I've seen that firsthand with people that, you know, were on my floor at college. Like, they would yeah. just have random times to sleep, and it's like, that's not good for you. It's really important to at least have a decent mm-hmm. time of when you know you're going to wake up and go to bed. It's been hard being home from college to get that, but, like, once you get that, it's really important to keep that. It'll help yeah. you. And the last thing I mentioned, I'm rambling here, but... When you talk about like phones and like being on your phone and having that screen and that uh, the light on your eyes, that I mean, people say you, you can have a chemical imbalance with, mm-hmm. and I thought that the thought of that word yeah. that it has balance in it. It's a chemical yeah. imbalance in your mm-hmm. brain, which means your brain is not chemically yeah. right because of all the all the stimulation. Is the word I'm thinking of the stimulation yeah. in your brain is just off kilter in that. That's not good. So yeah, a lot of people don't understand when, say, just depression. We could talk about that in one topic on a show. Yeah. Depression kicks in. It alters the chemicals in your brain. Okay. So the chemicals, and that could come from like you have a death in your family that's really saddening, or you all of a sudden have a very difficult financial situation, or you've got a history of depression in your family and it's just genetic. When depression hits you, your chemicals in your body go off kilter. If you've ever seen a lava lamp and you take the lava lamp and you tilt it sideways, or upside down, all the lava will flow, right? Mm-hmm. And it flows very slowly, right? It's like this gel that goes here. And if you turn it back the other way, it doesn't just quickly go right back. Your chemicals get out of whack. Medication paired with therapy is really the best, but medication many times when it's needed and necessary, 
That's what's meant to balance the chemicals in your brain. You get the help you need to make different life choices and to make different coping skills. Then you get off the medication so that, that's the goal, so that your brain and your body's all back, chemistry is back to normal. But when it's imbalanced, you sometimes can't make the life decisions you need to make. Yeah, that's a really good transition to our next kind of really? question here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if our next question has to do with, you know, being happy. And I feel like <laughs> if you if you're chemically imbalanced with, like, if you're too stimulated, your brain, um, social media, and just being on your phone too long in general, or if you don't get enough sleep, you get grumpy. If you don't, if you eat wrong, then yeah, I mean, you get upset. So, what can people do if they're not like super happy and have had rough times in their past, what can they do about it? Well, I think um, I'm going to step on some toes here. So I'm going to go ahead and say Uh-oh, something that y'all might not like, but I'm, I'm very honest in my therapy room. So when people come to see me, I figure, you know, you're paying me to number one, hear an opinion, but number two, to get an honest look at your life and see what, what works. And if all I do is listen to you or agree, then you might not be getting your money's worth, right? Mm-hmm. I need to tell you what I see. Too many people... Uh, compare themselves to others. Social media, our technology today teaches us to compare our lives to others, right? When we go, I always say it, right? You go on social media to feel better. You come off social media feeling worse. Happens all the time because you compare yourself to others, the vacations people are going on, the things they get to do, the people they're with, the relationships they're in, the things they have, blah, blah, blah. We compare ourselves to other people too much, which makes us less happy. We don't just look at ourselves. I can speak for us a year ago when we had a freeze here in Texas, which never happens like it did, and shut everything down, power down, all that. You were off at school. But if you take that as a whole, and people up north probably experienced this, but if you take that as a whole, life shuts down. It's very simple, right? There's no more social media. There's no more internet. There's no more anything. You kind of just live with what's in front of you. When that happens, you can't compare yourself to other people. You just yeah. are grateful for what you have. Mm-hmm. So too many people compare themselves to other people. Too many people also want more today. This is stepping on toes too. Too many people want more. We are never satisfied with what we have. Now I'm generalizing. I don't mean that for everybody, but just listen to that. Many times the the idea, like when I talk about the Bible, like with daily bread, you know, I love the idea of daily bread that's in the Our Father prayer. Because daily bread is just enough to sustain us. That's what they used to pray for thousands of years ago, right? Just give me enough for today because they couldn't like store stuff in a fridge. Like enough for today and God just provide me for today. We don't live by that now. We spend more. We do more. We get more. We have more than we need today. And many times waste. All of us, me included. We have to pay attention to happiness doesn't come from having things. It's temporary. Honestly, do you see that six-year-old, if you have a six-year-old child in your house that has that toy they love and they get it at Christmas or for their birthday, when they're 12, are they playing with that toy? No, because there's a new toy they want. So look at look at where they're at now, right? They're all of a sudden in an unhappy place because they don't have the latest thing that they want. So number one, we compare ourselves. Number two, we want, we want, we want. And man, number three, we hold on to things like crazy. We hold on to things that have happened in our past and we allow them many times. Now, this is where therapy comes in because I can tell you it's totally understandable if people are drugged down by so many traumas and stresses and anxieties from the past. Like it's completely understandable. Getting help for it 
allows you to not be drugged down like a backpack full of rocks on your back every single day. But many times we carry all the past garbage with us through our lives and we allow it to make us unhappy. So if you're in a bad relationship and you get out of that relationship and let's say you get another one down the road, we carry all the garbage from that old relationship into the new one and many times toxify the new one. So we have to learn to clean out our closet, as Eminem says, right? And get rid of the things that are toxic for us. And that's done through help. And I know a lot of people say it's hard to find therapy, it's hard to find good therapy. It is. But just to let you know, it can be done so you don't have to carry all the old garbage from the past. So remember those three things. Many times we allow ourselves to compare ourselves to other people. We want more than we really should have. And lastly, uh, we just cannot let go and process through the old. And I don't mean forget the past because it is almost impossible to do that. I mean, recognize, acknowledge, and deal with the past, work through it with mm. the help of a professional. Interesting. Yeah, one thing, the big, biggest thing I took off, took out of that, what you said at the beginning, was the fact that when, when you compare yourself to others and get on social media, it can really bring you down. And I watched a video not too long ago about this guy who literally went without his phone for like an entire week straight. Like he had no access to the internet, to social media, to nothing. Like not wow. even family. Okay. He was like completely just like he couldn't even leave. I think what he did is he couldn't even leave his house. And he was just stuck to his to like his, his house. And, you know, obviously towards the end of the week, it was pretty rough. Because I mean he has no contact to anybody. And like it's imagine imagine what people you know in prison if they're by themselves or whatever whatever the case is how hard that would be and but by the end of it he was glad of course to see people mm -hmm. but he said it was really cool to see how i mean it wasn't it's obviously not great to not have any interaction with anybody but i'm sure for the social media side of it he didn't have to compare, compare himself to anybody so he was just kind of I bet you you would be a lot more happy that way. I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe not. Maybe he was totally like depressed. But from what I could tell, it was hard hard for me because he was you know without any contact with anybody. So of course he was not in a good space like that. But I'm sure he was somewhat you know relieved that he didn't have other people to compare himself to. Yeah. And probably brought his mood up a little bit in that well. sense. And you're kind of describing, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing after you said that, but you're kind of describing what I grew up with. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in a middle class, regular. We had more than others, yeah. but less than others. And we grew up with enough, mm -hmm. but I had many breaks and many summers where, Nick, there well, there wasn't technology when yeah. I grew up. So I had many summers where I'd spend days at a time just mm -hmm. at my house. I'd be playing out in the backyard, playing yeah. out in the front yard, roaming around. I didn't have friends like they'd be gone or out of town or at camp or whatever they're doing. Yeah. The many days where it's like I just had to sit in there by myself and, and kind of entertain myself and figure it out as an adolescent. You know, I couldn't drive, couldn't get myself places. So when you were saying that, I'm thinking... Well, part of that I kind of liked, honestly. When I look back at my childhood, I really liked that because we created play and we created entertainment for ourselves. And now people, if they don't have it, can I tell you in my waiting room at my office, when I see people in the waiting room, there are very few people that sit there by themselves yeah. without touching anything 
and and I mean taking anything out to to do. And there are some people mm-hmm. who will take out a magazine and read it because we have a bunch of magazines yeah. in our waiting room. Most people have a computer or a phone in yeah. their hands, and that's children included, because yeah. they feel awkward. And you will you'll notice this: feel mm-hmm. awkward on an elevator in a waiting yeah. room. Anywhere you're sitting and waiting by yourself, how many people pull out their phone? Yeah, well, we mentioned that on a podcast. One of the first podcasts we did was about how people, like I mentioned, I'm sure people in your waiting room are always on their phone. Like they, and I mentioned you used to have magazines. Sounds yeah. like you still do. But I doubt as many people, I bet if you look even five years ago, I bet there's more people who pulled out a magazine than mm-hmm. pulled out a phone. And now it's just phone, phone, phone all day, every day. Um, the other thing that I was meant, I was going to mention was the f- something about a phone. I forget. Go on. I can't remember now. Here's your experiment. <laughs> Here's your test. Go out into the world and try this for a week. Oh, gosh. When you go in a waiting room, when you go in an elevator, any waiting room, any place you wait, any line you're in, okay, even if it's, it's a store and you're waiting in line, a long line, hmm. and for a week... You don't use your phone. You don't pull it out of your purse. You don't pull it out of your pocket. You leave it where it is. When you go in a restaurant, you leave your phone in your car. Just try that. And the first one is the key. When you sit in a waiting room, you're waiting in a line, okay, or you're in an elevator, anything like that, just a little bitty experiment. Hmm. Concentrate on not pulling it out of your pocket. Number one, you will notice other people more. Number two, you will notice how uncomfortable you feel. <laughs> yeah. And you'll see what our dependency is on this, on yeah, that in this society and what we need to do to change. So when I get in people's face and I say things like, you know, you're comparing yourself to other people, yeah. you are, you have more than you want, than you need, and you want more than you have all the time. Yeah. And you live in this constant, like state of looking backwards in your life rather than forwards. People get frustrated with me or upset sometimes, but when we talk through it, they start to realize, wow, I've just become a victim to everything that's happened to me in life. And I'm a part of the machine that's like, put your phone away. Just put it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing I was going to say from before is I, I felt I've felt that before when I've ever been in a crowd of people that I don't know. It's like I've seen other people in those awkward situations when I'm with people I know and they don't know anybody instantly pull out their phone because you know people aren't people are gonna be like oh she's just on her phone that's normal he's on his phone that's normal like that's a total total easy way out and i feel like that's that's not a healthy easy way out because it's just like that's just kind of where you go to and if you're bored what do you do oh just pull Mm -hmm. out your phone like that's the easy it's an instant companion though it's a friend yeah and so people are insecure so all of a sudden they feel like I have to exactly. have this because I feel insecure and I feel awkward if I'm here with all these other people and I don't have something to distract myself with. Yeah. Leave your phone in your pocket. Just try it for a week and I promise you, you'll notice. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I can do that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try that, but I don't know that I can. We'll see. I'll update you. I y'all. think you can. We'll see. Might not be fun, but I think you can. <laughs> and lastly, or not lastly, why did I say that? The next thing... We, we talked about like people and why people, you know, aren't happy and what they can do to be happy. What, what can people do to fix like things from their past that they've maybe been, been in a tough relationship or uh, abusive home or something like that? What can people do to fix that? Well, when you've had a tough past, when you've had anything like anxiety, stress, depression, abuse, trauma, anything from the past, I'm praying y'all know me. <laughs> 
as the mental health professional that I am, that I don't talk lightly about any of these things. I'm generalizing today because we've got a short period of time to go over it. But when it comes to trying to stay balanced in life, I try to use these big examples so that it's kind of that snap wake up call. Number one, go to therapy, find a good one. If it doesn't work, find another one, find something online if you can. And if it's not a healthy or a good person, find another person. Just keep searching and telling that person what you need. I need to find balance. I need to understand how to have better coping skills, whatever that might be. So number one, try to get yourself in for some professional help and and really find better people to be around. I don't mean toss all your friends, like get rid of everybody, but... Ask yourself, how many healthy people am I around? When I talk to somebody in my office and they say, well, all my friends, you know, they smoke weed or they drink and they want me to go out with them. And, you know, if I didn't go out with them, I don't know that I have any friends. Well, then I usually say, well, you can, number one, go out with them without using all the time. You can. And if that's not true and they won't let you, then those aren't friends you want to be around. But secondly, start looking for healthier friends to be with. So the healthier people that you're around the healthier you're going to be. What's the the guy I've heard on a video where he said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Mm. That kind of thing to me is truthful. Like not all of your friends, Jesus from the Bible hung around the most vagrant people ever, the low lives of the low, mm. because he needed to be with people who needed help. And he was friends with them. They yeah. liked him. And he was a guy that could relate to them. So it doesn't mean pick only amazingly wonderful, great people. It just means pick healthy people that have healthy habits that you can actually grow from. Somebody that says, hey, let's go to the gym or hey, you know, let's let's wake up and go for a walk or hey, let's go to the bookstore. Hey, let's go laugh and watch a movie and have fun. Like pick people that are good to be around. So the therapy is number one, picking healthy people is number two. And then looking, not looking at the past, like looking forward rather than backward is big. So cleaning up the past, not walking around day to day, drugged down by everything from the past. And a lot of people say, you don't know the stuff I've been through, Tom, and how much it is. And I do understand that. I see it every day. So I don't mean just, hey, snap your fingers and get over it. I really am not saying that. I'm saying start to put your life, your past, all your stuff in front of you and pick it apart one at a time, almost like a gumball machine full of gumballs. Just pick one out at a time and deal with it. Mm. One of the issues from the past with professional help, and that will help you feel lighter and not burdened from the past. Yeah. I saw a video from a, uh, a pastor the other day that he was mentioning, he was talking about, you know, his, his kids and he's, he grew up or he didn't grow up. His, his kids grew up hearing from him that you, his kids are going, or kids just growing up today are going to be the average of the five friends I hang around or something like Mm -hmm. that. Something like that. How you will, you will be, you know, an average of the five people you hang around the most, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's interesting about just having, you know, friends, not everybody has to be like a great, great, great person or anything. They don't have to be, you know, the best, best, you know, dressed or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't matter that, but it's just people who are genuine and people who are going to be honest, people that don't go behind your back, stuff like that. Yeah. Those people are important. So that's my nugget of wisdom. I yeah, guess. that's so true. <laughs> friends matter. Yeah. And it's good to have friends from all walks of life in all different places. It's good to be friends with as many people as possible, but yeah. your core 
You want to have people that lift you up. You want to have mentors in life too. Yeah, that's true. When you surround yourself with somebody, like if you have a mentor that you look up to, that you listen to, mm -hmm. that gives you sage advice, like good wisdom yeah. and good guidance, and they care about you, then they're going to steer you right. And if you listen to them, it's not going to be always about what you want. And sometimes mm -hmm. they're going to tell you, maybe you need to turn and go a different direction. And when you have somebody like that, you don't go wrong. True. Yeah. Um, I think we've kind of already, or we haven't answered this question, but I think it's pretty easy to. Are people more or less anxious than they were <laughs> years ago today? Like, I feel like That's people easy. are a way more, way, way more, more anxious. Way more. Today. From 25 years ago when I started in the mental health field to now, it's unbelievable. It's probably 100 times yeah. greater in anxiety and stress than it was yeah. back then. And, you know, they're, I mean, speaking of balance, they're way more imbalanced than they used to be, too. I think that's, that's the way to, they're more imbalanced. Like people are in balance, they're not, no, not in balance, like M balance oh, or okay. unbalanced. Out I of guess. balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not I in was balance. Wondering. I was like, wow, they're more balanced no, today. I, I mean, was thinking, I guess man, in, Nick. imbalance, I guess is not a word. Unbalanced <laughs> is what I should say. New balance. No, so, uh, they're, they're more unbalanced than they were yes. because they're just, okay. Totally have, agree. They have more, more things to deflect. Like if you're, you're playing a football game and you're it's one on five versus five yeah. on five and you're the one and the one on five you're going to be out of out of balance like you're not going to be able to dodge yeah. all those bullets mm -hmm. versus five on five you have yeah. four other people to help you so yeah we're way out of whack when it comes yeah. to kind of what the way we live today it's just it's faster it's on all the time like we have more than we've ever had in society, yeah. just in general, just everybody has more, no matter who you are. Number two, uh, we because I, I see people out on the streets yeah. living under bridges that have cell yeah. phones. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. And full setups of a lot of different things. So yeah. even everybody has more, everybody expects more, everybody wants more, everybody, well, also we have the ability to tap into more. Like yeah. the fact that we have just the internet, social media in general, mm -hmm. allows us to have access to more. So children younger and younger are getting access to the world quicker. And that doesn't mean they can tolerate it and take it because when you're a young child and your brain's not developed fully, it, it, you can take information in, but it's more than you should see. That's why I always say, go show an R-rated movie to a 10-year-old and see what happens because they'll watch it and they'll see it and they'll take it in, yeah, but will. their brain can't process it the correct way like an 18-year-old can. Yeah. So we have more, we have access to more, we're always on all the time. And <laughs> lastly, like I said, we compare ourselves constantly to other people and that creates so much anxiety, y'all. Yeah. We've got to work on stopping comparing ourselves to other people and we've got to work on stopping uh, judging other people on social media, online, just the comments, like even in the comments, I hear reaction therapy, not about me even. There are people who will tear down an artist we react to just because they want to. Yeah. And I don't know where that comes from because you could say, you know, this isn't my taste. I've seen people in the comments. This isn't my taste. It's not my typical thing. But I thought I'd leave a comment just to support you, Tom. <laughs> but don't go in and say yeah. how trashy somebody is and how pathetic they are yeah. and how horrible their music is or how trashy I am because I react to it. Yeah. It's, it doesn't help anybody. And so I'm a big believer in like contributing. If you're going to bring a problem in one hand, bring a solution in the other hand, yeah. right? And that's what people don't do today. They just feel like they, generalizing again, <laughs> it's not everybody. But when I see it, it's like, 
you feel like you can just do whatever you want. So we have more, we want more, we're on all the time, yeah. and we compare ourselves constantly, and that's all creating anxiety. Boom. Okay, really quick to end this. We're a little over time. So really quick to end this kind of segment here. Three things people can do to make their life better. Just well, off, th- off the top. Okay. I think part of it is doing less of whatever you're doing now. Okay. Like, does that make sense to you yeah. when I say that? Do less than you're doing now. We fill our schedules too full. Our lives are jam-packed. Uh, we spend more than we should. We use more time than we should. We don't, uh, we don't sleep enough. We don't yeah. rest enough. Like, do less. Schedule yourself for less. You know, it reminded me, this is, again, I'm thinking off the top of my head, but this reminds me of the Seinfeld episode where George is like, just do the opposite. I'm just going to do the opposite of everything <laughs> yeah, right. I've ever done. And it worked out for him. It's like, so it's, we're not saying to do the opposite yeah. of what you're doing, but just, that just made me think of that. Do less of what you're doing because obviously yeah. if you're, you know, anxious, stressed out and balanced then yeah. do less of that and more of something yeah. else. Well, and the other thing I'm going to say on top of it is prioritize. Like I'm yeah. a big priority guy. So pick priorities. If somebody tells me, I say, pick, tell me your priorities. You say, here are the top five things that are most important to me in life. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five. I'm going to say, well, show me the videotape to your life, and are you living that way? Is your number one priority what you're spending the most time and energy towards? Probably not. So we tend to think our priorities are different than they are. So prioritize more. Pick what's most important to you and live that out first. If there's time for the others, great. And then lastly, uh, uh, routine. It's the same thing I said with balance, eating, exercise, sleep, right? Yeah. Stay in a routine. Stay in a steady routine. You don't have to be rigid. You don't have to be like the military all the time, but... Keep a balanced routine of like exercising so many times yeah. a week, you know, being able to meditate or relax so many times a week, being able to go out to, you know, uh, work in the yard a little bit during the week, go to bed at certain times and within a window, right? Wake up at certain times, yeah. eating, mm-hmm. stay balanced, eating, exercise, sleep all together. Okay. Well, a lot of there. stuff. Yeah. Any, any final thoughts on any of this stuff we've covered? <laughs> Just go back. And listen to this this piece of the podcast over again. Yeah, share it with people you know. I promise you. That it, what's crazy, Nick, is the number of people that listen to this podcast is so much smaller than the number of people that listen to a Juice World video reaction. Yeah. And I promise you, if you listen to this segment of the podcast every other day of the week, within a month, your life will be healthier. Well, okay. You heard it here first, man. <laughs> I'm just telling you, if you listen to this, if you breathe it in, if you drive in your car and you just turn it on for your drive and you hear some of the yeah. the nuggets that come out of this, yeah. it will help your I, life. I mean, I really don't think y'all understand at all. And I'm not calling anybody out, but for the people who don't watch this, I mean, this is this is a professional licensed therapist that's just <laughs> giving you free advice. So why not watch it? Like well, that's what the I same, think. Same thing I'd say to couples, I tell to individuals. If we go to bed at night and ask yourself, what did I do today to make my life better? And what did I do today to make my life worse? Simple question. Mm. I went and exercised today. Yeah. I made it better. I, you know, ate a bunch of food that I didn't want to eat or I spent more money than I should have spent. And uh, I feel bad about that. Ask yourself and then ask yourself before you go to bed, what am I going to do tomorrow that's going to make my life better? And what am I going to do tomorrow that's going to make my life worse? Say it ahead of time. Tomorrow, I'll make my life worse if I do this. So therefore, you already know, stay away from it. I'm going to make my life better if I do this, if I go for a walk tomorrow. 
or if I pack my lunch and I eat and I don't go out to eat and spend money on food, <laughs> that will help you live a better life. So yeah. stick with these. Awesome. Okay. Well, that was balance keeps stable. Now y'all all know what what Tom means by it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Let's get into the next part of the episode, which is. Oh, the sound didn't work. Oh wait, I had it <laughs> muted. That's why I had the had it muted. There we go. Hold We're on. gonna hear it again. Let's do that again. There you go. That's a different sound. Not that the sound matters anyway. But I okay, let's it. get into the Q and A. I asked y'all on YouTube Q&A. a couple days ago what um some questions y'all had we're only going to do a couple because we literally don't have time but we're just going to do let's just do two because we literally don't have time so first one comes from austin kellum music so this is an actual musician on youtube has some little music logo next to his name awesome are you and nick ever going to make a song for us to react to And when I read that first, I'm like, I got to ask this because, man, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure I, you want to see us do it, but I'll let Tom answer Well, it, so. if we did, Tony, my other son, would have to be the lead singer oh, because he's the one who can sing in the family. I'd be happy to sit back on the drums. I can't drum like a lot, but I'd be happy to carry a you know, a beat with the drums and just stay there like that. Yeah. And then Nick... Um, what would you? I don't know. I used to do? play a little piano, That's so right. I, I could try to remember That's some, right. some things. You I did, remember, but it's been a while. So, so that would be our <laughs> I band, and I think we could do that. Of course, Tony, he could do all of that. He plays all the instruments. He would be fine with doing all of it, and he can sing really well too. And maybe what we do is we we throw something funny together. Uh, that awesome. would be really fun if sometime this summer we just do a project. Or, may, or maybe either that Great or idea. once we hit 200K, we can do that. Something Great like that. idea, though. No, no. We're going to start working on that. We're yeah. going to think about that. Yeah. Anyway, let's see. Okay. So the next question comes from Colorblind. Mm-hmm. Colorblind says, is there any artist that you think is the best when it comes to talking about mental health? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I point out NF a lot. Uh, because of his life and what he's been through yeah. and how he, you know, he has plenty of songs where he just goes nuts and crazy and all kinds of bars and stuff like that. But he puts his life out there vulnerably, you know, how could you leave us? And he puts his life out there in mansion and he shows, reveals, like yeah. he's actually the story, the epitome of saying, I know what my issues are and I'm dealing with them. You know, he really shows through his lyrics what his issues are and where he keeps them, even within the mansion. So that that's probably the number one that keeps it out on top. The number two that I'm getting into, and Nick knows this about me, is 21 Pilots. When I go back to the beginning and I hear Tyler Joseph and I hear the lyrics he made, even as a teenager, I'm thinking he put his entire mental and emotional health out on display for everybody to see through his music, which was phenomenal, but actually got better and shows his life being better. Married, children, right? Like moving along in life. And those are people who have corrected. Eminem's done the same thing, you know, being able to correct his life, move forward, mental health. I'm sure they've all received great treatment. So NF's probably top though. Yeah. I think Jelly Roll is probably moving in. Mm. It's some interesting people. We should just sit here one time and talk about the yeah, different, artists. different artists. Because I think done. if I put them in front of me, y'all know I have a hard time just recalling off my brain all these people. But <laughs> I think as I look through yeah. and see them, you know, it really helps. Sick World helps me really see 
uh, and in Crypt and Knox Hill, like yeah. when I see them, Sophie Pecora, like mm -hmm. when I see them put their life and their issues out in music, it's like, yeah. wow, I'm getting to hear about their life, but I'm also noticing as a mental health person, this applies to so many of my yeah. clients. And so mm -hmm. I can share this music with my clients. Mm -hmm. So I'm starting as I'm remembering yeah. to roll them off the top of my head, right? That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, there's so many artists out there that talk about yeah. mental health. It's such a big topic. Uh, a lot of yeah. artists do talk about it, which is really cool. And when we get to interview artists, we it's just going to be yeah. awesome. I can't wait for that. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll do one more. I think we have time for one more. <laughs> I'm feeling another I one. I have no idea. I'm trusting him totally with the oh, time. Oh, my God. I got the time. So this is from Silver Doe. Okay. Silver D-O-E. Interesting. Okay. Why did you get into psychology and what sort of patients do you primarily see? And do you have any specialized training? Wow, so, what a great question. First of all, what, Questions. what did you... How, why did you get into psychology? You've answered that before. Yeah, kind, kind of, of an accident. I just kind of was forced yeah. to because I had a psychology degree, but that <laughs> God bless me. Like, I mean, yeah. he really put me in the right spot because I was in a program where it was only one of two in the country that had a play therapy program that trained people to work with young children. So it was a special specialization I got early on, you know, my 20s in grad school. Yeah that I just happened to be in the right school at the right time and didn't know I wanted to even work with children. But then I found a love for working with children in mm. foster care adoption, a lot of abuse and trauma. And y'all he'll laugh when I say, I love this stuff, this addiction and this trauma. <laughs> but it's because I've seen so much change in people and I've seen children yeah. who grow up never having to experience the pain and tragedy that mm -hmm. they could have, or like with NF, that, that I, I worked with people like him as children that hopefully healed some of that. So I got specialization in children. I have specialization in addiction. I have specialization in EMDR, which is uh, trauma-based, uh, addiction-based, depression-based, all that stuff, treatment, bilateral stimulation of the brain. So Jill and I have had tons of different specializations over the years. We've been blessed to know a lot of great professionals and great colleagues in this field, and also great mentors that have taught me everything I know. I give them full credit for that, of helping me be the professional that I am today. And so that training with children allowed me to then start working with teenagers, then start working with adults and then couples. And so I've kind of worked with the gamut of everybody. And now I work with a, my majority is going to be with couples, with individuals struggling with different trauma or addiction, and uh, also with a lot with parenting. The side thing I do, which is also a biggie, is with athletes, higher level athletes, and trying cool. to help them have yeah. peak performance, getting into college or professional uh, ranks and trying to get the best out of what their ability is. So I've got a really cool spread of people in my office. and. Yeah. That could be a whole topic themselves about specializations yeah. and what I've learned and understand. Sure. I've been able to train people, you know, go to Alaska and train people at the university and be able to do I a lot of speaking on the national cool. level. I've had a lot of great experience that I am blessed to have had, but it's why I feel confident in what I do. And it's why I also tell people don't give up looking for a good mental health professional because uh, sometimes it's expensive to go to, but I have people who can't afford it who do afford it and spend yeah. it and make their life better and they come out better on the other end completely. And then I have people who can't afford it and have millions and they don't get better at all. Mm. Wow. So it's all about your investment and getting better. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. And well, sometimes the harder you work on therapy, if you get the right professional good one, the harder you work, the shorter it can be. Like true. you really can get into the work and get out. Yeah. I've seen you've, I mean, you haven't mentioned their names or anything, but you've said you've had clients who have literally come to you for 
like three or four times and be fake, yeah, like be it, healed. It can happen. And it really can happen. If you find a good therapist, it And there can. are therapists like me and Jill who see people free. I have maintained from the day I started doing this, 10% of my practice is free. Yeah. And it's not always people who just can't afford it. It's people that I want to gift the therapy to. But a lot of times it is people who can't afford it. 10% of my practice, if I see 25 people in a week, then two and a half of those hours averaged out are going to be free to whoever I'm seeing. And so I pick a client and I have a certain number that I carry as time goes on. So even I see people for free and I believe in that. I think we need to tithe back and give back that. Yeah. So it's not like people like me just only see people for a huge amount of money. I have just as many people that I've seen for nothing for a long period of time. And I wow. believe everybody should do that. Yeah. Amen. I agree. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, that's the Q&A. And now everybody's favorite, the quote of the podcast. Oh, my scariest, because I never think of this ahead of time. And that's yeah. my problem. I think it's the quote of the day. And I don't know. I think I've said this in another podcast, but I'm not sure it was the quote of the day in a podcast. You can tell me. Uh, have I used this one? The know. best way to learn is through other people's mistakes. Yeah. Yep. You have did. I used that we one? We did a couple of podcasts ago. Have I used Balance Keeps Me Stable? You used that one too. Come on, Nick. Like, really? <laughs> well, I know you used the other people's mistakes one. Well, actually, I don't know. I really, it, there's been too many. I really don't know. I want to say that again, and maybe I did it in the beginning, but I want to say it again because I want, I believe in this mentoring thing, and I believe, like with mentors, they can tell you things that you can keep you from yeah. running into problems. The best way to learn is through other people's mistakes. And what that means is if you have somebody you trust around you or somebody who's been down the road, you're going down and they can tell you, hey, bit of advice here. You need to listen to that. We all need people in our lives, mentors in our lives that we can follow. Yeah. I think I think maybe you haven't. I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, you all good, tell us. That, that would be a good comment. <laughs> we to need read. to write these down or something. No, we're going to do that. Anyway, that's a great quote. I mean... I hear it a lot, and I get annoyed every time I don't time know who say invented it, that, honest. but I love it. I'll be honest. I, you know, I'm tired of hearing it. I hear it a lot, and it's just like I know, I get it, I understand. It's true. It's true. I would rather learn through other people than making a mistake myself. And it's mm -hmm. good to look out and see other people. And that's why, like you mentioned, having a mentor, it, it's good to have those people you look up to because you can really see what they've done in their past and yeah. to avoid it. It's kind of yeah. like. If somebody says, oh, wait, don't don't go this way because there's, you know, a ditch that you're going to run yeah. into or something, go around. It's like, oh, well, they they found that out somehow, so I'm going to listen yeah. to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of that same thing to me. So Yep. Wisdom. Yeah. Good to have wisdom. Good to have wisdom. Okay. Well, is there anything you want to mention about anything else? Well, just show? thank you for tuning in. And also, we have now memberships on YouTube yeah, we haven't talked one. about. Yeah. Just like Patreon on YouTube, you can click the join button on the main page if you're on your computer. It doesn't work on iPhones, but if you're on your computer, click the join button. Check the different levels out. It's just like Patreon. If you haven't wanted to join there, you can join here. And the cool part is it allows you to have your comments be read and responded to first. Yep. And it allows you to be acknowledged on YouTube sure. as That's somebody who's a member of Reaction Therapy. So it's that, really cool. And also you have members only live streams. Yep. You, I mean, you have, we have the ability to all. turn the comments to members only. So it's just all the members chatting. Love it. Extra, extra content too. We've already gotten yep. one thing up for extra content for y'all. So... Yep. It's a really cool video that YouTube hasn't seen. So yep. we are on a on a great mission to yes. try to offer more and more benefits to everybody out there. So thank Absolutely. you for 
just watching and thank you for allowing us to do this. Yeah, we love y'all. I mean, yeah. we couldn't do it without y'all. I mean, over 150k subscribers now is insane. Incredible. Like, it's, it's just amazing. It's great. We never thought we'd so be So grateful. Here. So, thanks Nick. Obviously, you can see the banner right yeah, right here. Uh Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, Tom hit 10k on TikTok. It's awesome. Patreon still going, still get perks on there and hey, I'm, we're not gonna we're not gonna kill you if you double up Patreon and YouTube member. We're not. Nothing, <laughs> you can do both. Nothing bad is gonna happen to you. You just get more content that way. So, anyway, maybe we should give a special reaction to everybody who joins both. Wow, that would be crazy. I, Nick gets crazy with me though, handing out a reaction. So I'm not gonna. Do yeah, that. I mean, if you if you have if you just had a minute to talk to Tom and me when we're talking about that, I'm like yeah. Tom's like oh reactions, and I'm like, do you have any idea what like, the schedule? It's a lot of like, work. It's, <laughs> Anyway, that's 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 the point. Okay. Thanks for being here, y'all. Yeah, thank you for being Had here. A blast. And we'll see you on the next, next reaction, reaction therapy, therapy podcast. podcast.